It is uh, really good to be here this morning, morning last week, uh, uh, on the couch watching online because I was sick. Uh, but, it's, uh, but it's really cool to be involved in a church, church where a number of people that I feel like I can call, even with 24 hours of notice, and be like, hey, I need you to step, step in and, uh, and teach. And Jeff, and Jeff Addis uh, knocked it out of the park last week, so I'm, I'm really, I'm really for that and, and him being able to be here. But it's not like that everywhere. Uh, to be honest, right? Sometimes the, the, the pastor is about the only one um, who's willing to get on the platform and, and deliver a message. Not only that, I mean, it's really, really difficult to be called 24 hour, hours before, and even if you're used to preaching and teaching or being in front of people to that. So a huge thanks uh, to him last week. I, I've, I've told you before um, that this is one of, one of those, like, you could actually just throw a stone and you'll probably hit it or pastor. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it is like that, but which is really, really cool. But also, I, that, this is what I'm discovering here right now is, is because we have uh, so many people, uh, either our pastors, have pastors, or even have been like, has like a theological location, um, which is nuts, the, the amount of people that we have in this congregation like that. But one of the, th- the things that I'm discovering is actually intimidate some people. Um, and, and we don't ever, ever want it to be like that. Uh, here, one of our uh, core, core values is actually to, to, to be authentic, being real, over relevant, even. Um, and just so you, you all know, just because people have that education, um, does, doesn't make actually feel like, like or think like know it all. Um, of course, we are calling people towards Jesus, and, and we, we should know a little bit more, more than the rich person, uh, I, I at least hope, uh, as far as uh, uh, what it means to follow the Lord. We all can follow the Lord together, and our mission requires of us also all to be teaching people about Jesus, either learning about, about what it means to be a disciple, because that's who I talked about this a few weeks ago. We are disciples. It's part of our, our identity, who we are, and then as disciples, we want to disciple others. And, and I'm putting this up for an announcement here, okay, just so you know, and, and an ask from you, you. We're, we're grow- growing, uh, and with growing, some growing, growing pain. And in the words of Gunnar Boone, um, I, he doesn't know I'm going to tell, tell, tell this here to today. He's with the kids right now. I'll tell something about that, too. So we are a very fertile culture. Um, and so we have a lot of, a lot of kids in, in our church. And if we were to march, march them up in front of you, you would see that they almost outnumber us as an adult, as a dog, as a dog right? Uh, if we went to, went to war with them, we'd be, cra- cra- we'd be in trouble. Um, just by the sheer number of them. That means we need people to disciple and our, 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 our kids. Um, and so I'm, I'm, this is a public announcement. I'm sitting out there right now now for our minister, sister, who does a fantastic job. She needs you. Um, she needs you. Now, here's the cool thing about Gunner. And again, he did not know I'm doing I'm doing so. I'm going to embarrass him right now after him saying uh, this is a fertile church. There's a, a, a young, young single man in our church, church. And, and he, he's a good-looking guy, too, to just, you know, I'm, I'm about to talk about dating, but, uh, but um, he's, he's, he's going to hate me. Um, so, so um, he saw that, and he, he is back working with kids right now, I think. think. Or I know he, he volunteered, and, and I saw him come in, so he must be back there right, right now, so this is so cool. Um, he has no, no kids. And back there, working with us and serving, serving with our kids right now. And so if he can do it, you can do it. I was terrified, terrified of kids. I had them. And now I'm even more. No. 
No, if I were not up here, up here, I would be serving with their kids. We have, we have actually a, a number of guys there right now serving with their kids. A lot of men actually think children's ministry is not for them. Uh, real quick, quick thing here. Uh, boys in general learn better from men. Young boys, there's studies that show their test scores, scores, so, uh, all of those sorts of things. In the classroom, if men are teaching, stepping into the classroom, that is not a diss against women. Women need to teach. My wife's teacher. Um, uh, and women need to even preach. We need to do a better job of, of uh, them up here for with us. But... But uh, I, I say that because we want to make sure we're intentional with, with all people serving and teaching our kids. And it's a great, great way to even learn how to disciple when you're back there with kids. D.L. Moody, the university named, named after him. Uh, he was not actually allowed to be a pastor. So, so where did he start? He started with kids. Um, that's how he got his, his start. Uh, um, just in case you're wondering. So that's one announcement. You hate to be in front of people. You hate teaching, teaching people. You're fight of friends or friends of kids. Uh, that too. That's a couple of weeks ago. I spoke about, about friends a couple of weeks ago. Um, we need some people on our tech team too. J- Jess back here. You, you can talk to Jess. Um, so quick public service announcement. Um, I prayed about what to, what to talk about this morning. Uh, last week I was going to talk about dating. This week we were scheduled to talk about, about marriage, trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to want to bring uh, this morning? And, and we're praying about it, thinking about it. About it. Uh, I decided, hey, I want to stick with dating. Um, and uh, I, I decided that for a couple of reasons. Um, and it's not because a, a majority of our dating age. Uh, one of the things that, things that you learn and try, and try to think about, you want to not only just to the people that are, that are here and the present, but you want to speak, speak to the, the people that hope will be present with you. And so one of the things that, that we, we want to that we are doing as a church, not just always just seeking to the, the, the obvious crowd that is here, which are most of you and a lot of you, not all of you, but you're, you're married, but we, wanna, we also want to speak to this in younger people or people, people maybe even that are in that area of their life. life. I feel like, you know, as a married person with kids, like I speak to those people all the time because that's where, where I'm at. But I also want to make sure that we are speaking to singles, single, single and uh, people who may have gotten a divorce and are trying to figure out kind of what's going on. But not, not only that, I, I feel this has some carryover into marriage. Um, I, like a lot of our marriages, we, we, we struggle in them a little bit because we haven't laid a very good foundation. Like, we know what it's for. We don't know what it is. Uh, we started off on the wrong, wrong foot, and then we just find ourselves in this commitment, and we're, we're like, we don't even know what this is, or, or, or why we're here, or what we're, what we're supposed to be doing. And I'm not going to answer all of your questions that you might have um, or solve all the pro- problems, but hopefully... Lord has kind of laid something on my heart, and I'm really just there's some ideas here that will help us all this this morning. It is a difficult topic, obviously, and not a lot a lot of people address it. And 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 told me she's like, I'm glad you're going to address dating dating this morning. So a lot of pastors pastors don't address. And I said, Well, you need to listen to what I have to say first before you think you think. Um, and, and there's there's reasons for it. it. Is is dating as typically like for all all of us? I think um, it's been awkward. Uh, there's a lot of hurt, hurt involved. There's some ambiguity. If I think back, back about my own life, life uh, there's been stuff that I've probably dished out in relationships and dating relationships. I know I've experienced it as well. And I just want you to know, to know where you're at. Uh, my God, Christ, heal your pain. pain. No matter the mistakes that you've made or the things that, you, that you've done, Christ, Christ is there. His blood washed you clean. You can, can, you can give him. You're, you're loved by, by, by Jesus. No matter what, no matter what you've done, or even what you're currently doing right now, and this is an opportunity to lean into the cross. The second reason, talking about dating is, is, is so difficult, 
in the platform or, or uh, um, within the, in the church is because there's there's really there's no Bible Bible stories about. It. I mean, there's no like a verse or, or text that you you go to where Jesus is talking about dating or Paul is talking about dating or anything like that because because the modern invention. Uh, we we have owned dating people dating as we as we think about it for about for about a hundred years. When, if you think if you think about the you know human history, that's that's not a very long time. And so some of what we've kind of done have done church with dating. We've we've said th- said things like dating goodbye and um, you know you know there's some puritan stuff out there and actually like some has not been so good and because of some messes that it's that it's made has kind of hurt hurt some people. Um, like, oh, if you just, just do all these things, your marriage, your marriage will be awesome, your sex life will be awesome, you'll find the perfect person in your, in your soulmate, all those sorts of things. I'm not going to promise any of that, but I do believe that there are some guidelines we have and some principles that we can, we can follow uh, to, to make sure that what we do in our, in our daily relationships as we prepare uh, for what I believe is, is the, the, should be at some point, point hopefully might be the fruit of the dating relationships, which is marriage um uh, uh will will help and so bible doesn't doesn't talk the bible doesn't talk directly about dating but what the, what the bible does it does does us wisdom them on dating is for and kind of the trajectory we should be going on the bible does is it gives a story it gives, gives us kind of this overarching story and for the way uh the bible bible talks about relationship with jesus is a story of marriage so when I think about dating and how we, how we should approach dating, I believe that we should think about, okay, what does it mean to be a follow, follower of Jesus? Like, how, how does Jesus love us? How does he court us? How does he walk, walk with us? What is his relationship like with us? And what, what are the stories that he gives us this, that we have to think about when it comes to romantic relationships with other people or, or starting relationships with, with other people opposite sex, sex, the metaphor, the, or the analogy, the story that we're given in the, in the Bible, marriage. Mar- marriage is, is we're, we're, you actually see it at the, the, at the beginning of Scripture, and, and this, this idea that two between one flesh, flesh. you also see, see it at the end of the Bible, in Revelation, that Jesus is going to come for his bride in the, in the church. And so you see, you see this front to back, you see this metaphor about the way that God lo- loves us. The way that the way that he sacks for us, the, the way that he is committed to us, us. It, it's marriage. So I actually believe the goal of dating, the goal, the goal of marriage. That's that's actually the goal. And so, um, yeah, yeah, you you might you want to have fun when you, you date. Don't get me wrong, but there's an aim, there's an end, and it's enter into a relationship. You feel like you can love some, love somebody, that you can sacrifice for somebody, and that you, and that you ultimately committed to. to now, Ben Stu defined dating like this. I always have to like quote somebody. Do you think I'm not I'm not like making stuff up? Uh, makes me sound smart to quote other people. People, um, and I can push. You know, if you don't like don't like what I have to say, say well, it wasn't me anyways. He defines dating dating like this. It's helpful. I I, I did this uh, uh, last year again. Like was like with some of these things because because I want to build a culture. I don't want to be changing every, every time like, time I'm like oh you need to do it like like this. You need to do this. No, there's there's a way. That we want to be within the, within the church. So he says, says, dating is not a status to dwell in. In other words, like a non-marriage marriage relationship, somebody else isn't supposed to last forever, ever. But a process to move through. It's a series of actions meant to, meant to lead us in a particular end, discerning whether or not we are meant to marry a particular person. Dating exists 
evaluation. Dating exists for evaluation. Like, so trying to evaluate when you date, do I want to marry this, this person? Is this person somebody I can love, sacrifice, vice, and commit to? And if they're not, there's almost like this, like, hey, I, I, I need to move on. I need to end the relationship or, you know, whatever. whatever. Now, I think some of you might, might think, like, that seems to be kind of an old, old, right? That seems to be old, old school. And, and maybe it is. I'm actually okay with that. Um, I actually think part of my job is to help you look back and think, like, okay, okay maybe, maybe people have done, like, like if, if this was the way that it was done within the scriptures, do you realize, like, people got married for about 2,000 years without even dating, right? Because they, that this was a good goal to, to, shoot, to shoot for. Now, here's, now here's crazy. Our, our view of marriage and dating and, and all sorts of things have clearly changed. Like, you read all the data. It's clearly, clearly changed. Um, but here's one thing that has remained true, is that when, when you poll people, and this, I've, I've looked at different, basically, uh, uh, and, and, and survey rates from 2013 to just, just recently, when you ask people the ages between 18 and 32 or 32 or depending on who's kind of, kind of asked questions there, if they still want to get married, like if they still, still desire to get married, less and less people are, only about, about 25% of the people are, are getting married those ages. Um, it used to be about 64% in the 60s. Um, well, well, only about 20, 25% married in that age range right, right now. Typically kind of the dating range um, that we're talking about. Anywhere between 75 and 85% of, of people are still saying yes, we desire to get, to get married. Which is kind of crazy to think about. But here's what I, what I think has left us, us um, as, as just, just people have this longing inside us to get married. We still have, still have the longing inside of us to be united with somebody, to be with somebody who we, th- we think is going to love, love, sacrifice, or commit to us. I mean, so we think this, this we'll talk about this a little bit, that they're going to kind of complete us, or they're going to have our self-fulfillment, or whatever. But I think there's this, this there is a longing to, to be with somebody else who is going to be there for us, for us, and commit to us. So I feel bad at it. I feel bad at it. I feel bad at it for a number of reasons. Um, one, one is just we don't have a lot of good examples anymore. Right? Our, our, our culture is not teaching us how to date. They're not, they're not teaching us how to, how to commit. And there are a lot of kind of myths that we believe when it comes to dating, dating courting, and, and being with other people. There's things like the back to back. And so I think some tall, tall rich, handsome dude uh, is just going to choose. That's what happened to Emily. Right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> We listen to podcasts, maybe aren't very helpful, TikTok reels, you, you know, sometimes un- unhelpful friends who, who got on who and how, and how to date. So here's, well, I'm going to throw, throw this here. This is, this is what we're doing this morning, kind of who, kind of who and how morning. Who to date and how to date. And I'm going to throw this out here there from a Christian perspective. But I think even if you're not, if you're not in some of these things will help you here, especially verse one, just, just the general idea of, the, of this. So. Who you should want to connect, connect with this morning if you are the dating age. Who you are single. If you're, if, you're, if you're married, just date your spouse, okay? It is. Someone who shares your values. Someone who's your values. You think this would just be, like, obvious here. here. But I, I want you to think, think about, about this. What are your non-negotiables in life? What are your non-negotiables? Like, what are some, some things, there's no way, like, I would give that up, or 
do, do that or not, you know, those sorts of things. Like, what are your non-negotiables? And I, I, I want to post to you that if you are a follower of Jesus, one of your non-negotiables sh- should be that you would not date anybody who is not, not a follower of Jesus. Think about it this way. If you are a Christian and if you are a follower of Jesus, uh, if you were here last, right, right, did a very good job. Like, what it means to, to be a disciple is that I, I, I'm somebody who is sold out to Jesus. I love, love Jesus. I honor Jesus. I follow Jesus. I am committed to, to Jesus above all else, above, above every, everything else. That's non-negotiable for me. If that's a non-negotiable for, for me, I'm going to love Jesus, follow Jesus, commit it to Jesus above everything and everyone else. Would I not want, want somebody in life? Who's to love Jesus, Jesus, follow Jesus, and be devoted to Jesus above everyone and everything else. In fact, if I were to decide to start dating somebody who wasn't, or who was sold out to loving Jesus and following Jesus, right? One of the things that we wouldn't have in common is my greatest desires and greatest love in my life. Like, like would I be willing to give that up to somebody? To potentially marry somebody who does not share what is most important to me. What I've discovered in, in kind of my life and just kind of watch, watch some people here is, is that we're probably more picky about business partners than we are who are, who are about, about the marriage. Like think, think about that. We're in a business with somebody who does not share your core value, values. Now, of course you will. But a lot of us are beginning what would be like, like almost like a, we're, we're, we're thinking about would I marry this person or would I, would I be with this in long term, right? And they don't, they don't even love, value the same, same thing that you do. Or you might, might not even like, like a person that you would want to see in heaven. Eve. Uh, Paul puts it like this, urges us, us not to be yoked together with unbelievers. In other words, um, um, not, not data than believers. And so the, 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 the the uh, um, the image here, right, is two animals, two animals, uh, uh, and they've got oak. We don't do this anymore. We have tractors. Um, goes around their shoulders, and they're side by, by side. And what they're doing is doing is looking side by side. They're heading in the same direction, and, and if they're the same animal, they're heading the same speed with the same goal. And, and so you don't put an ox with, with a donkey, donkey with an ox, because they will, they will irritate one another, and they will, will try, try to go different directions. They won't be as fruit, fruitful as they would be otherwise. And so Paul is, is, is saying here, you don't, you don't, you don't want to be unequally yoked. You don't, you don't want to be together with somebody who's going to try to go and go in a different direction than you, or who's a different type of animal than, than you, you know, you know. And so that's what that metaphor, metaphor is, and he is doing there, and not only that, I mean, it just, just doesn't, it doesn't work well, well, it doesn't work well, I had a friend, I have a friend, um, still alive, still alive, <laughs> his name is James, uh, some of you actually know him, we went to AU together, and, and just the reason I graduated undergrad, because um, I can't, I can tell, I'm not a great writer, uh, and he, he was really smart, and he was in the business area, I was in the undergrad, and, and so after I turned anything in, I made him read it. And in exchange, I would help him with relationships. I don't know why. Why? So I look great at him either. Like, I wasn't in kill, kill him. Um, um, but so we would always stay in contact and just talk about, about different things. Well, he, he graduated and went to Harvard. I told smarter than me. And so why, why I always had to read an apartment at Harvard. He's got a cool book called Homeless at Harvard. Harvard. He was for six months or maybe over, almost, almost a year um, while he was, he was the stinky kid in, kid in class uh, um, at Harvard. But he was at, at Harvard and Harvard and Hingle, and we're both, both single. 
And he's, he's calling me. He's, yeah, I've, I've tried to go on these dates with different people in the religion department, like it's the Christian religion department, Harvard. And uh, he's like, it's just, just not happening. And he's like, like, I'm discovering that I can't, can't I just date anybody. I'm like, no, John, right? Have you read? <laughs> You've read the, so he's, he's explaining this and all this. And then he graduates Harvard and then he ends up at Oxford um, across the pond, right? right some guy. Um, and he's traveling and he's in Turkey and, he, and he's actually, he's actually, he's in a rug shop in Turkey. It's, it's, it's a prayer shop in Turkey. Um, and he's sitting there, sitting there, and he's looking at him, and he's he's directed, got got thick dark hair, uh, kind of a dark beard, and all these these sorts of things. And uh, uh, this this pretty Turkish girl walks up to him and starts starts asking him about the rugs, and he realizes like, oh, thinks I work here. Uh, <laughs> and so he begins to to talk to her and explain like, hey, I'm just a tourist. I'm looking at these rugs. Uh, he bought me one. It was kind of cool. Um, and uh, uh, they're talking, and so then they go out for tea. And he realizes, like, this, this girl's interested in me. And then he has to, to tell her, he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't date you. And she's like, well, well why not? And he's like, well, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And uh, from my experience, experience it's just not going to work. Like, following Jesus is the most important thing to me. I've tried this. It doesn't work. It's not going to work out. And, but I, uh, uh, thank you. It's really good to meet you. Meet you all these things, and um, so they left, but they stayed in con- contact, which was really interesting. And so what he decided to do is he sent her a Bible, and then he sent her so uh, C.S. Lewis's *Mere Christianity*. And what she did over the next year is she read her Bible cover to cover, and read *Mere Christ- Christianity*. Um, and they just stayed in contact through email, and she decided. To Christ and give her life to Christ. Now, this was not insignificant for her. Her it was an imam, uh, which means her led in the mosque. And so, when she she decided to become a Christian, what she was actually saying, saying no to, actually even din- dinner in her own home where she grew up. Um, they be, they begin to eat. They're married. That's kind of cool, right? Now. One of the things he, things he didn't do, he didn't. He, this, this is he didn't. He didn't, he didn't actually date her until she, until she became Christian, and she didn't date, date him until they became a Christian. And now on mission together, she teaches at Alpha, Alpha teaches at Wheaton, and in a bunch of other different places around the world, actually. But I, I, I tell you this: just say, make sure you're moving in the same direction. Okay? Make, make sure you're moving in the same direction. That would not have worked out, out otherwise with those those two. Second thing. Um, the who who this is share bound boundaries. Um, you want to want to date somebody who's going to share boundaries. Boundaries. Why boundaries? Well, first and foremost, very simply, because you belong to God. You be, you, you belong to God, and and you're going to want somebody who treat treat you as, as if you belong to God. You're going to want somebody else, or you treat them them as if they belong to God. God. You are made in the image of God, and so is the person that you are dating. So you're not going to want to tear them down, and you're not going to be torn down. Love builds, so sets boundaries. And I'm going to get into this, into this here. And not, not only does your psyche belong to God, not only does, does maybe you would consider your, your spirit or, or who you are on the, on the inside belong to God, but your body belongs to God. God. All of you belong to God, to God. The Bible does not separate those things like so many of us want to. And, to. and Paul actually, in his, le- his letter to the church, he actually, he actually leads which with Christians, since boundaries, 
So 1 Corinthians 6, from verse Corinthians 6 here, we're going to begin at 12, and I'll end up skipping up to verse 18 here through 18 or 20 here. Paul, Paul's writing to the church here, and I, this, is, this, is, this is text for our, our time here. He says, he says this to the church. He says, I know all of you, by the way, he's, this is, he's, he's to them, and he's quoting to what they say back to, back to Paul. He says, I know you have the right, you say, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is official to you. So there, there's, there's these quotes here that Paul is actually quoting. He, he's not quoting a particular person. He, he's quoting kind of what he believes that people are either are saying back to him or would, would say back to him. And, and why doing this? This idea that we say, hey, I have the right to do anything, it actually most likely a slogan of the Corinthian church, right? Like a, a slogan of the time. Like, I can, I can do anything that I want with my body and with my, my life. I mean, does it sound familiar here at all? <laughs> all right. I, I, mean, I mean, I think it does. I mean, I mean, I don't think this is any different than how we respond to anybody telling us, hey, we should have batteries. And the problem, the problem with Corinthians and the Corinthian church in general, really just Roman cult and Roman society, is they were fairly indifferent when it came, came to their bodies and sex. They just were. They, 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 they didn't see it as something, their bodies as something to protect. They didn't see their bodies as, as really belonging to anybody else, especially the higher you were on the social ladder at all. In fact, I'm going to kind of through here, and my notes, I know it's a little uh, uh, front of myself. It's kind of teach what's going on, on here. Paul is saying that, that you have the right. Right. He's saying, yeah, I, I, I know you have the right to do whatever you want. You have freedom to do whatever you want. You want the Roman law under, under kind of what the Greeks have taught and, and all, of the, all of these things. He's actually not even argue, arguing with, about that. He's saying, I, under, I understand you do. Like, you do. Like, I understand that you can kind of uh, sleep you want and do what you want with your body. Like, like I get that. And, and, and there's some irony in this. And this is where I'm going to get ahead of myself here. And I'm just going to teach on this. Is, is that is that Christianity actually gave them a little, a little more than what the, the, the Roman culture did. did. And here's, here's, here's what I meant by this. Here's what I, here's what I mean by this. Is that, is that people who were most sexually free in Roman, Roman culture were the, the males who had, had a little bit of wealth uh, or had a little bit of power. And so what happened in Roman culture, like if you were a, a man who had a little bit, a little bit of wealth and power, you could basically sleep, sleep with whom and what, what you wanted. Um, you could sleep with your wife. You could, you could sleep with other women. You could sleep with your servants. You sleep with other men. Like, it really did. Really did. That, that's how, how free you were here. And what is happening within, within an ethic, um, and Paul is getting ready to do, do here, show you, is he's actually going to, like, no, because everybody is made in the image, image of God, that everybody actually has freedom to choose here. So, so the slave should not be taken advantage of, of sex. They should be able to choose who they're going to have sex with or not have sex with. The same thing, same thing. basically, he's going to level everything out. Women, get to choose. Do, you, do you realize women having the right to choose who they mate to? Like that Christian idea. That was something that, that the church began to institute. Like, like throughout his history, like you just hey yeah the parents picked that dude so you're gonna have to marry him or that dude just had some wealth some power some money he was going to choose you you belong to him and, and so what what has happened here in the text and what's happening throughout history and throughout Christianity is that the, the people are going to be more, more free 
to choose. Now, uh, Paul here is going, to, is going to say just you can choose just because you can have everybody. It doesn't mean that everything is beneficial for you here. And he's going to appeal, appeal to your relationship to Christ to set some boundaries within that freedom. And so here, here's what he says in verse 15. He says, do you not know that your body is members of Christ's self? In other words, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are closer to Jesus than you realize. There's, there's a union that you have with Christ, that you share with Christ. And we don't talk about this kind of in the Protestant church, but at least in a way that, that we maybe should. But Christ is in you. Like, he's, he's in you. He's a part of you. You are in Christ. In other words, Christ, Christ is where you go. He does what you do. He sees what you see. That's what Paul is saying, saying. Like you are closer to, to Christ. Christ is closer to you than you probably even re- realize. So he, sa- he says, do you not realize that you're members of Christ himself? And then here he goes, he goes, he goes, shall I take members of Christ and unite them to a prostitute? Now, now Paul is basically like taking like the most egregious example here. And he, he's, he's going to boil it down to the lesser. Because people are just sleeping with whoever one, including pro- prostitutes. And he says, ne- never. Like, do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? And so he's saying, you're taking me, me, and you're, you're putting me with a, a prostitute. But not only is he just not, just not want to be with a prostitute here, he says the two will, two will become one. So the idea, idea he that there's marriage is mine, and, and sex is marriage. And, and he's, he's saying the, the goal and the goodness of sex is supposed to happen within in the clients of marriage. I gain pleasure, actually. When you are married to somebody, you are having sex with them. Because I am uniting with them. You, you, are, you are giving yourselves to somebody whom you should give yourself to. You're giving yourself to somebody, something that you, sh- you shouldn't give yourself to. It actually pleases Jesus. This pleases him. Verse 17, he says, But whoever is, whoever is united with the Lord is, is one with him. Spirit. Flee from sexual immorality and all other, other sin, or all other sin a person gets outside of the body, but who sins sexually against their own body. Do not, your bodies are, there it is again, your temple of the, of the Holy Spirit. Who in you, who have received from, from God, you are not your own. You are bodies. Body. The, 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 the cross is just purchasing you. You, you, you don't belong to yourself anymore. Therefore, honor God, honor God with your bodies. How do, you, how do you honor God with your bodies? You set boundaries. You set boundaries. And so many of us, we've, we've kind of set boundaries off to the side. The side and because we, we feel like we, have, we might have this freedom, have this luxury. And honest, what, what's happened here is actually reverting what's more a, a more paganistic mindset when, when it came to marriage. Um, I, th- I think we're kind of going back to that. Holland, in his book, uh, Dominion, and it's how the, the Christianity basically changed the world and changed the West in particular, um, he writes about, about this. He's not a Christian, and, and what he basically says, he says the way Christians, Christians practice, practice sex was be- bewildering and revolutionary in the own world. Like, nobody else was doing it like they were doing it. It was crazy, crazy. First uh, Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5 says this, God's will for you is to be holy, so stay away, stay away from all sexual sin. Each of you will control his own body and live in holiness, holiness and not in lust, lust passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. And so all I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to consider here is consider God, God and his ways. 
are a follower of Jesus, and if you're united in Jesus, set, set some boundaries and honor your body and the body of the person that you, you are thinking about committing to, to for the rest of life, um, or may not commit to. Don't take something that's not yours. So that's who. That's who. So what about the, the how, right? Keeping these things, things in mind. Okay, these are these, this who, how. First, this is, and crazy, right? Because right? I'm telling you, like, set these boundaries. But the first thing, first thing I went with here for, for people is this. It's bold. Be, be bold. Now, why would I say, say this? I was recently t- uh, talking to a 99-year-old. Um, her name is Ann Smith. She's, she's like the patron of the Church of God. And she's 99 years old. She's lamenting. She's kind of lamenting, but she's, go- she's going on. And um, she's like, the, everybody in the United States, it's like the United States as a culture, we are risk takers. She said, we drive fast cars. Like, we fly airplanes. We jump out of airplanes. We build a bridge, and then we jump off of it with rope on our feet. And, but then, then she, she said, the one area in our life that we're not willing to take is gone with relationships. And I, I was like, she's 99 years old, and that's like the insight that she has. And I agree 100%. If you've been, this, this, one of the things that I've been encouraging people and our young, our young people to do um, is to ask people out. To, to, to ask people, I used to only preach and tell them boundaries, right? One, one thing I was a, I was a youth for, for a while. Uh, uh, also, though, like, I was married for, for uh, I don't know, I, don't know, I think until I was 26, 27. And so, like, I was young, filled with hormones. Like, I know what it's like, by the way, right? When I say setback, like, like, it's hard. Um, uh, uh, but, but now, you've seen, like, less and less people, there are less, less, less people are not just married, less and less, less people are dating. And it's a thing that you, you are going to have to put yourself out there. If you want to get married, right? if you want to date, you're going to have to socialize. You're going to have to go to, go to places where single people, people are. You're, you get on the apps. Like, I don't, the, the good apps, not the weird ones, weird ones, right? <laughs> like that, it's, it's, it's okay. It, it, it really it is. Okay, I know it's diff- difficult. People are social, the pool, the prunk, like there's relational, relational broken. I mean, there's, because those that we come from, from, dating inconvenient, by the way, to also to a bunch of people who just want to build their, their career or do really cool stuff. Like, it, like it's, I mean, it is. It, it, so if you're close to marriage, marriage, high school, school kids, slow. But if you're clo- close to marriage, marriage age, right, be bold. Put yourself, yourself out there. Did not give us a spirit of fear. Didn't. He gave us uh, uh, the power to, to, to love, self-control. You can put yourself out there, but you're going to have to try to ask. You're going to have to do it. So I just want you to do that. Second, second is be interesting. Work on why you're single. Okay? Okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right? Right? I think Andy Stanley used to like this, right? Right? Become the type of person that you would want, you would want to Seriously. Like, Paul wrote to the church here. here. I wish everyone were single, single just tonight. Yet each person has a special spirit from God. One kind or another. This was celibacy. He, he knew he was going to marry. Um, but what this tells, tells here is that sing, single is not a problem to be fixed. Okay? It's, it's not a problem. If you are single, that's okay. But it is an, it is an opportunity. It is an opportunity for growth and service. The most annoying thing that happened, happened in life was when I was about 25 um, or 24 being ordained. And a bunch of old men who were uh, uh, passed called me into a room uh, before I was I was ordained. They asked a question, and the question the question they asked me two 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 questions. Only one of one of you anything with theology. The other one the other one wasn't married yet yet. And I came back to them. I came back with with them. Jesus wasn't married married, and Paul wasn't. Um, so I'm okay. 
Okay, and it, it's the truth. Right? You're okay if you're if you're not married. Jesus and Paul they also they also knew that they belonged to God and they were on mission with God, for God and with God. You know, they they were they were becoming real, whole, and were real and whole human beings. Right? They didn't need somebody to complete them. So you have an opportunity while you're single. To, to sell out, to serve Jesus, the meaning, to find the purpose, to find your passion, right? To figure out, figure out how am I going to God with my life? Go to school, get a job. If you're divorced, first heal, heal. Use this time to heal. It's okay. It's okay. Work on yourself. It's a good thing. It's a thing. It's an opportunity. Uh, third, rely on advice from friends. Rely on advice from friends. Remember, dating is evaluation. Proverbs eleven fourteen says this: There is no guidance that people fall, but in abundance of counselor there is safety. Now, I want you to imagine one second, because I just told you a couple weeks ago that Jesus is a friend. You are dating somebody, or you are going to date somebody. I want you to imagine bringing that person to Jesus and asking Jesus, "It's okay. Is he okay? Is, is she okay?" What would Jesus say to you about this person? Now, after you've done, done that, take, take this person to your friends and ask, ask them, is she okay? Is he okay? You can wait and wait on, all right? Because it gets awkward with her right there. <laughs> and listen to them. It's really hard to hide character in a group, in a group of people. In a community. And, and character may be the, the most important things when it comes to the people that you are dating. It, 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 sh- it should be, actually. And it's so hard to, hard to hide. It's easy, much easier to hide that, that one than in a group of, of people. It is a flag, by the way, if you do either one of those things. It is a, it is a huge red flag. Community feels character. And I can, I can just tell you the most, most painful relationships I'm in. When my friends were telling me, Josh, you need to get out and hide. Last but not least, is simple. It is it is yourself. We have a really really big problem culture of conservative. We do we do we want options all the time. We never can commit to anything or anything. If we invite somebody to something something, you know, and, and I maybe this right, they got to kind of think. And it's easier when you're young, young and when you're single. Like, do I have anything that's going on before I can before I can make anything? Um, and then even if you do, do you're like, ah, I don't know if I can really commit to it, right? Um, we're going to have to, you're going to have to learn that, that right? Your, your options are limited. And your soul doesn't really exist. Um, I, I know that that's like, we, we want our, this perfect person, person out for us. But Tim Keller, I think he was putting Henry now, now and, but he said this in his book on marriage, is you always mar- marry the wrong one. Um, you always date, date the wrong person to a certain extent. And what, what I mean by that, that is, right, right, no one's going to completely fulfill you. That person does not ex- exist, okay? I mean, you could be swiping left forever. You just, you just will, you know? Mary, Emily married me because she settled. I'll tell you that, right? There is, there is somebody, there is somebody who would be kind to her, who would listen to her better than I do, who would fulfill some of her desires. All of those sorts of things better than, than me. I mean, she's, she's my soulmate, but, but, but that's, I, I, you know, I, I'm not the example here. 
you're going to have to limit your, you're going to have to limit your, yourself at some point. And you're going to say, like, hey, did, yeah, are we, are we heading direction? Are, do we have the same boundary? Like, are, is, is this the person Christ is actually calling me to, to love, by the way? And to sacrifice and get to the Wall Street Street Journal came out with an article about, about this. He said, hey, there are, are no such thing mates. We think that people, that somebody else is going to fulfill us and to make us happy and all of these sorts of things. And it, it came out and said, this is not the Wall Street Journal. People who approached marriage like that were very likely to, to end up divorce. But, but people who approached marriage are saying, hey, they, this is somebody I want to actually, actually love that I'm going to sacrifice for, for, that I'm meant to. And if you guys are doing that together, and if you find somebody that who do that do that with you, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Ask them to marry you at, at that point. <laughs> right? Ask them to marry you at, at that point. It's a good thing. Godliness, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And that's what our spouses, spouses help us in, is help us to become godly. Right? They help us to learn how to love, how to, love, how to sacrifice, how to commit. So if you are dating, that, that's my for you this, this morning. Is look, is look for people that help, that you can love, that you sacrifice for, for, and that you can eventually commit to. And that you believe, believe will love you, you like Jesus loves you, that will, that will sacrifice you for you, like Jesus sacrifices for you, commit to you and you in the way that Jesus commits to you. He does all of those things, things each and every one, every one of you. And if you're, if you're married, remember that this morning, that, 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 that we're supposed to do with our, with our spouses. Let's pray. Father, we, we come to you. I pray for our younger people, for our people who are single, for those who are married, uh, for those whose spouses, maybe who have passed, um, who are divorced, Father, and, and pray at this, at this time that we, that we simply experience your love your sacrifice and your commitment to us, I give you thanks for that. I pray for all of those who um, are maybe in this period of life where they are looking to date somebody uh, or to build a romantic relationship with someone, and I, I just I just pray that they do it how you would have them to do it. I pray I pray that they would foremost most be completely and wholly committed to you, following you. You, I pray that you would be in the midst of the relationship. I pray that you in the midst of their life. I pray, Father, Father, they would heal the broken place and the pieces of those people as you bring them, bring them to Um And uh, I just pray, just pray for blessing over the people that are here. Relationships um, can be such a blessing. They can cause a lot of hurt, hurt, you know, lots of, a lot of pain, but they also, so they can, they can bring, bring a joy. And so I pray, Father, that, that we, would, we would find joy in our relationships, no matter where, where we're at um, in them. We thank you, and we love you, you, committed to you, and I pray that we would follow you with all our heart, mind, and strength. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.